Here we are back again with another episode of Quest Along Sea of Stars Part 2. And right off the top, I can say I'm addicted to wheels. What is with these little RPG minigames that always get me? But welcome back to Quest Along. And on this episode, we'll dive into the overall elements of Sea of Stars after more time I have spent with it. You'll get a nice spoiler warning when that happens. So let's just dive right in. This is 15 hours with Sea of Stars. Hey there, and welcome back to Quest Along. Thank you for joining me once again. And thank you for tuning in to this little indie darling called Sea of Stars. It's making waves. And you will be going through a lot of water areas, which is nice. It's like bright and colorful. I'm exactly at 15 hours and one minute. I'm really not going over on the time, so I'm, I'm sticking to those nice little chunks. I the, For people that are playing along... I ended, I'm going to be vague here, so there's no spoilers, where you have to do a final challenge and you get a new form of transportation. I'll call it that. So when we get to the spoiler wall, that's I won't see anything past that, obviously, because I have no idea what happens, but that's your little gauge on where I've been in the story. But first of all, we're going to talk about how I'm overall feeling on this game. And, you know, I right away, I really like this game, but I'm also not, like, super, super high. And I'm, I totally can't pin down why that is. I think it's a combination of the little bit more goofy side of the story, like the character interactions and stuff like that, or just like the people that you meet. It seems a little bit more not as serious, which is exactly what I kind of wanted after Final Fantasy 16 and some other really heavy games. We do get some heavy moments in this storyline, but it is a lot more goofy than I thought. And, you know, when I think back to Final Fantasy VI, there is a lot of <laughs> goofy characters and stuff like that. And same with Chrono Trigger. But there is a better balance of that for me personally. But I still really like this game. I think you definitely will enjoy it if you like the Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, all those games I've said before. My nitpick of last episode was, you know, the, you don't level up very often. And again, that is staying. I've only am on level 12 after 15 hours of play. And it doesn't totally matter because for balancing, it still works for the enemies you run into and stuff. But I am feeling that almost like attrition of battle sometimes because with the seldom times that you do level up, I'm not getting progressively stronger as quickly as I want to. And it seems like they built in this system where you don't really have to grind. But man, enemies just do, do so much damage to me still that I feel like I'm just never wiping the floor with the enemies that I'm running into, which is, you know, it makes the battles more challenging. I have to think about them more and more, which is great. But I really miss that dopamine hit of leveling up more often. And it sounds like a really small nitpick, but it really, I just think of all the other RPGs. When I'm not leveling up as much, it doesn't seem as fun. So it is a small wrinkle in the game, but it, it does permeate throughout. But I do like that you get new combos from solving puzzles. I'm still really loving the dungeon design. I really like the combination of using the puzzles, the traversing the environments, and finding hidden paths. And usually when you find a chest off the beaten path, it has a really good mood, like a new combo for you to grab. And that then makes the battle system, you, feel do, you do feel stronger in that regard. So again, even though I'm not leveling up, I do feel like I'm getting stronger because I have access to stronger moves. Art style and music is still top-notch, so there's no complaints there. 
So overall, I'm still enjoying my time with it. There's just, you know, those wrinkles are still prominent and I don't think they're gonna go away before the end of this journey. And that's okay, it's still a really good game. But it is already that time we're gonna talk spoilers. So if you don't wanna know anything about this game, you should stop listening right now. Right after I started this session, I spent over a half hour on that Wheels game trying to get a piece, and I, yeah, like I said in the top, I'm really enjoying this little mini game. So every new city I go to, I definitely, that's one of the first things I do after I'm done exploring. I go there and I make sure I get the new piece. I don't know what it'll end up unlocking or anything like that, but it doesn't really matter because I'm just having fun with it. So when I talked about these, uh, the sections that keep happening that are kind of one note, and this does permeate to this playthrough too, is we get a lot of ghost-like areas. You know, we're going now into this Dweller Island, the Wraith Island, which is really cool. And it's got this very interesting concept about people being mind-controlled, but it's dark, it's swampy. And then later we do go to the ghost ship, which I knew we were going to go to, like I predicted. So you got the scary haunted swamp, you got the haunted necromancer lair, you got the haunted mansion and a haunted boat. So it's just a theme that's overarching. I think they should have cut out one to two of those areas or spread them out maybe, but I, I like them overall. It's just not my style. And what I mean by that is if I was playing a different style of game, I'd be okay. But in a JRPG, I want it to be a little bit more broad and not keep sprinkling the same type of themes in every world we're going to or every new area we're going to. But I do love that we get to talk to this little fairy man. He's got this rhyme talks and we now have our new character, Saray, I want to say that's how you pronounce that. And she's this pretty sweet looking assassin lady. And I do love later on where we reveal that she is also the captain. And we're like, yeah, we, we kind of figured that. And she's so surprised by it. Like she has this great disguise. She doesn't have a great disguise. And I have been saying that I like the dungeon design, but that necromancer dungeon was very long and the fight with her was very long too. I do like that we got this backstory about there being three twins out there, or sisters. I can't remember if they're twins or sisters. And one went to the dark side, we'll call it, with the necromancer. And I do, we definitely get more Paper Mario humor where she gives you the the soul stone and you're like, well, I really need a green light too. And she's like, oh gosh, take it and just get out of here. So that banter back and forth of the weirdness between characters definitely feels more like Paper Mario games. And we finally do get to figure out what all this planning was from our or the weirdness between the headmaster and the, the other solstice warriors. Well, they're betraying us. I did not think that was the route they were going to go. So that was kind of a pleasant surprise. We definitely get a little bit more darker in the tone for the story. And we don't totally know the reasons. Obviously, it kind of seems like they want to stop this cycle that is happening. So we don't get to we defeat the dweller, but we don't kill its core and. We get to see the villains like warp into the battlefield with us. And it's, I think that's a pretty cool moment. You know, they before this, they were kind of more theatrical pieces, but now it seems like they're going to be kind of integral to the story. We don't get much development from them, but they do summon this dweller of strife, the big baddie from past years or something like that, past uh, eras. And the headmaster really doesn't like that. So much so that he ends up just quitting, which is interesting. That's a little bit of a time jump, but yeah, he gives up. He just wants to live the rest of his life in peace. I thought that was actually a really cool moment, especially him throwing off his cape and his staff. And it's like, I'm done. I'm good. So with no hope of there being an eclipse coming because we, ju we just went through the eclipse, 
it seems like we're a little bit hopeless, but knowing we're talking about the solstice gods or becoming gods, I feel like that's what Vale, I call that, not Vale, Zale and Valerie do. It's what they're building towards. And I, I have a feeling that's how we're going to be able to beat the Dweller. But that is also another point that's kind of interesting. When we finally meet the immortal alchemist, the, I never mentioned it in the previous episode, but the storyteller of this game, we get to knock on his door, which I thought was actually really clever that we actually went into his little area that he's hiding out in. But he lets us know that in this prophecy, we will not be able to beat the Dweller of Strife, no matter what. So I'm really not sure what the game's ace in the hole for us to find is, or if we have to mess with this vial of time that he gives us or that we go questing for. It doesn't seem like it's going to be used for that. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little confused why, if this guy is kind of seen from the outside and he can see the future or whatever and all the prophecies, why would we be able to beat this Dweller of Strife? Or maybe we don't actually have to fight it and we banish it somehow. I don't know. It doesn't... I'm not sure where it's going to go, but that's kind of fun. I don't know. I have no hypothesis of what's going to happen. Way before you meet Rasham, I do really like the building of the new town. You know, Brisk got destroyed from the summoning of the Dweller, so it kind of started to feel more serious. And we take some willing townsfolk away from that, sail to a new island, and we get to have this cool building this town section, which I thought was really fun. There was the ticking time bomb of all oh, this, the Dweller of Strife is here, but let's, you know, do a little sidestep and slow down the story a little bit and build this new town, have some fun interactions. So I do like the distractions to the main plot line because the plot line right now is just kind of like shuffling us from area to area. Get this little artifact. Okay, cool. It is awesome that Rasham joins our party i did not expect that to happen you know right before the 15 hour mark we get a new party member so we're up to five of us now so that's fun and he's just a very interesting character he's gonna make sure his level stays with us so he's supposed to be this all-powerful being and nope he's just gonna fight alongside us but he will not fight a dweller which is an interesting little wrinkle so even if we level him up and he gets really strong we can't use him on the big bad bosses so interesting choice but i'm kind of curious how this is going to go in the end of all this as we approach the end game i think it seems like it's kind of ramping up but i can't totally tell because i spent a lot of time on that wheels minigame i did think a very funny part was when we finally get the ship this is very early on in the playthrough probably five hours and a half five and a half hours maybe not even and the boat is so small that you're supposed to commandeer with the pirates and it's oh it's just so good so this game does still throw in those funny moments that I'm enjoying. But again, when the negative about, you know, these impactful dark moments, like when you go to the island where the dweller is, I believe it's called Torment Peak, and these little baby gorillas are all looking down at their mom, and you realize that the, the magic of the island makes people forget about everything, and the babies are going to slowly get eaten by this dweller, and it's sad and it's dark but i think because it's talking little gorillas it doesn't have as much weight if it was like little children or something like that that's just a personal choice that i wouldn't have gone with i still think the, the interactions in that scene are pretty funny especially once you rescue them i just want more weight gravitas to the uh wanting to save them a little bit more 
And it seems like this gor- this main gorilla was supposed to be kind of a big point to the story, but we just our characters, I guess, just know about them in the world. And there's no lead up, so it doesn't seem super important when we find out that this gorilla matron is down there being held against her will. I think we needed a little bit more buildup or a mention of it before this. Maybe I missed that, but I didn't hear anything, didn't read anything in the many stories that I've gotten so far either. So it's little marks like that. I know that's world building stuff and some people just don't even care about that stuff. But, you know, I like to piece it together and I wish it was just a little bit more serious in tone, even though it was at the same time. And I did destroy this second dweller pretty easily. The first one, that screaming ghost lady, was definitely a much more challenging it's kind of interesting that this one seemed like it was kind of easy to beat. And from a story perspective, that doesn't totally make sense. But I guess we have unlocked new powers now. We can control the solstice now. And I do like how Sarai carves out like a portal in the below mountain part so we can see the eclipse and it affects the dweller. I thought that was very well done. And I did say that the villains, you know, are cool because they're inserting themselves into the story a little bit more. And they... <laughs> So they just come at us two at a time and just make a portal and show up and we fight them and they retreat and it's kind of weird. I don't I don't know. It feels like, why don't they all just fight us at the same time? And then they probably win. But that's, uh, you know, plot armor or whatever against our characters or for our characters. And it's interesting that the portals they make are very, very similar to the ones that Rasham uses. So I wonder if there's some connection there and hopefully we'll figure that out. But very similar in color, very, very similar in the sound that it makes when it opens and closes. I don't think they utilize Garl's prophecy as well as I wanted them to, so it talked about the vial of time, but all I had to do was chuck it at a wall and break it. I thought it was going to be more like the twins are not going to win against the dweller, so he's going to use that to pull back time and save them, but I don't think that's where they're going with it. It just kind of seems like Rasham's just going to use it to... Uh, redo things but I suppose that could still come in handy maybe he'll give that to Garl at the end because he can't fight the dweller so yeah that that could still work so maybe my theory of the twins are going to die and he'll come use the vial of time use it to save them that would be kind of cool so let's hope that the prophecy didn't end with him just breaking the vial of time and that's it so basically I did end after I got the vial of time we beat the dweller and now we are using that vial time on the statue head to get us passage into the new area, which is on the North Island. I did take the fast travel system back to the original island, grab the new combo for Vale and or Zale and Valerie. From the options that they gave us, it sounded like those were definite two different paths, using the key or going forward. And it did not take me very long to get that combo it was just one room and just one little puzzle you do and then you're on about on your way it kind of seemed like they were building that choice up a little bit more and i was kind of torn between oh should i go backtrack and use this key but no it's not that big of a deal so i'm glad i did not backtrack all the way and just decided to keep going with the main story which is the plan from here on out obviously i'll stop by my wheels and do that every single new town that i find and i'll do a little side dungeons if i feel like they're going to give me a new combo because those are very handy in battle. But that's about it right now. So that is the end of spoilers. Just a quick shout out. There's definitely a new town that you go to that I think is really cool. And you finally get use of these items you've been finding along the way. And I think finding those items seems like it's worth it. So exploring and doing the puzzles, it seems like you should be doing that. That's all I'm going to say to keep it off of spoiler territory. 
And shout out to the world map, it looks super cool, just like this entire art style of this game, but it is a nice treat. Especially this area where you can look underwater and see these giant statues, super cool. So those are my thoughts on Sea of Stars so far. This was part two, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you at the end game. Or part three if this game decides to go on a lot longer than I think. <laughs>